if you have been waiting for me to release an episode, which I truly don't believe a lot of people are, um, thank you. And I'm sorry that I kept teasing this episode being like, hey, I'm going to release a new episode. It's going to come out next week. And then here we are literally two months later and it's only coming out now. So thank you for being patient with me. This episode features comedian, friend, and actor Phil Luzzi. He is so funny. Um, and he has a lot going on in his life right now, which is really, really interesting. And we cover a lot of ground in uh, the time that we had. So it's a really dense episode. I think you guys are going to like it. Thank you for listening. And um, I'm just going to start the episode. Peace. What are you up to? Are we going to talk about this? I haven't, I haven't seen you since the pandemic began. Um, which, of course, like, we're just kind of coming back from it now and, like, shows are starting up again. Yeah. How have you been throughout this whole pandemic? Like, just generally? Generally? Like, when yeah. it started, I was totally into it. <laughs> yeah, okay. I was like, I, I got this. I woke up every morning. I worked out, like, religiously. Went yeah. for long walks ate fresh food. Yeah. And then um, my mentally unwell ex-partner was cheating on me while I was at the gym and walking for like all those months. And then on a particular day, I caught him. Um, And instead of like talking to me like about what happened, he decided to break up with me so he wouldn't have to explain um, like why he was cheating. Cause he knows I would be, I would have asked like, who else? Like, what have you been doing? And I am finding out now, even now, like that he was doing it for a while with other people. And uh, so he is mentally unwell because what happened was I was like a bit devastated and shocked. So I left and um, when I came back, he changed the locks all my stuff that I owned was inside our condo. It, it was under his name, which is why he was able to do this. FYI, for people who are not legally married, common law doesn't cut it. And because um, we were together for seven years. And then he had the cops call me to tell me that if I need to go back and get my stuff, I have to have a police escort. Yeah, that's how my... That's how it ended in August, the day before my birthday. And um, yeah, the day before my birthday. And so I was homeless because I had a place that I rent was renting it out and I had to give my tenants two months notice. So I had nowhere to go. Luckily, I have amazing friends and I ended up staying at their like beautiful country home in Lakefield, Ontario, near Peterborough. And I stayed there till mid-June and then I came back. Yeah. Still. Yeah, girl. I I am so sorry that that happened to you. <laughs> I guess I'm just kind of like, that is so absurd. And like, how does that happen to you of all people? Like, yeah, like obviously this person is mentally unwell. Like who, how yeah. do you cheat on, Phil Lucy is the, he's the best. He's the best <laughs> for well, you think- at any point in your life. So like, you do have to be very mentally unwell, I think. <laughs> I've been cheated on before so I don't know if that but he probably has some sort of like 
sex addiction on top of his mental health issues. So, okay. You know what? That's what's so messed up about like relationships to me though. It's like, you think, you know, somebody and then just something crazy happens and and it's just like, whoa, like where, where was this? Completely out of left field. Like we talked about it all the time. We are like, you know, if something comes up, let's always talk about it. There's nothing really you can tell me that we can't have a conversation about. And he was like on the same page. In fact, that was his narrative. You know, like we always had this conversation and um, yeah. And he would be like super like helicopter looking at who I was texting, watching stuff and making me feel like I was doing stuff wrong all the time. But that was also manipulative because he wanted me to feel like I was on the, the like trying to defend myself and I would never like suspect him of doing it because he was like worried about me doing it all the time. So why would he be doing that? Right. Oh my God. That's like borderline, like sociopathic. Oh yeah. It's sociopathic behavior. And like, yeah. Gaslighter pro gaslighter pro. Wow. That is insane. Uh, Mm. Well, I'm happy that you are in a better place now. It seems like. Me too. Yeah, and, uh, and are out of that. I mean, I'm in a better place with a cow mural. Yeah, you're doing well. Hell yeah, you're doing just fine without that guy. Um, oh, that's yeah. really fucked up. I mean, like when things like that happen, it's like sometimes it's like, okay, well, you know what? Honestly, good riddance. Then, like, what am I oh, doing yeah. in a relationship with someone who is like this? It's like, okay, well, I mean, yeah, that's damn. It was fucked up. What was his hair color? <laughs> it was like mousy brown okay, Even though okay. he, he would say he was blonde and i'm like uh <laughs> not blonde but it's okay if you, want, if you want that fantasy go for it <laughs> and every time we would go on vacation he would ask the waiter for like lemons and limes and like squeeze his hair or squeeze it on his hair on the beach i'm like you're, anyway <laughs> a fucking track. So wait you're the second person that i've heard use the term mousy brown because okay would you say that my hair is like mousy brown because my hair is absolutely not yours is like a chestnut like um like a nice brown like brown that's a nice mousy brown is like i don't know has no life i know what you mean yeah it has no life it's like because the other person that used that term was my mom and <laughs> that is not talking about you not talking about me, but she was like talking about herself and she was like, my hair just like, she's like, if I don't dye it blonde, it's just this like mousy brown color. I'm like, what does that even mean? But I, yeah. I understand what you mean now in this context. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Now, after what I went through, I'm a red flag pro and I am not giving any. So can I ask, so what, what are your red flags then? Sandals. Like, okay, let's say you're on like a first date. Let's say you're on like a first date. What are some indicators that you're like, okay, I'm not going to go on a date again? Because I have a problem where like, I'll go on a date and like not pick up on red flags because just give the other person the benefit of the doubt when, unless it's like outright, they're like, I just got out of jail or like something that's like really crazy. That's not necessarily a red flag. Yeah. Yeah. That's not even necessarily a red flag. But if there's something that's like really like out of place that I feel like doesn't align with my personality I'll just be like okay well it was the first date you know everyone's kind of like faking who they are right now so I'll just give them the benefit of the doubt so what are your red flags then so I'm not a cheap guy but a red flag oh my god same I'm yeah red flag for me is like when the bill comes and it's like oh so half and I'm like you know I I love I'm a I'm a generous person so like 
I will gladly cover it, but I don't want to like have to. And this last boyfriend, the sociopath, till our every time we went out for dinner, like friends have commented on it now. The bill would come and it would be like, ooh, um, who who paid last? It's like, oh my God, who gives yeah. a fuck? Okay, wait, is that just like a cultural thing because we're both like Italian? So it's just like, oh, you got this, I'll get this next time. Or like, because I know that people are like that and I'm just kind of like learning to like respect that. But it's the half not- half thing? Yeah, of that happening. I mean, I like, I don't mind it, but once you're involved or like it's a first date also, like show some excitement or like some sort of adventure about it instead of making it feel like a business meeting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay, Fine. That's a pink flag. It's not over. If you're also wearing sandals though, with Velcro, then it's over. (laughs) That's that's horrifying. Like people that like don't know how to dress like that drives me. I hate that. I'm not a caretaker for you figure it out learn how to be an adult person yeah without done. without like in a gay relationship is doubly bad because again that sociopath started dressing like me near the end like in the last no years yeah yeah mm-hmm. I talked to him about it too and he was like denying it I'm like you're literally wearing the same color t-shirt and the same color jeans right now I go we can't go out like this we can't <laughs> go out in public like this I got a fanny pack the next week he orders a fanny pack I'm like this is not no he doesn't. I can't I can't <laughs> I need a fashion innovator <laughs> honestly so, okay so the bill comes to the table and it's split okay that's a pink flag pink flag yeah what is like a, a red flag for you on a first date little okay on a first date is hard because everyone's got their best foot forward yeah but I don't know on a first date. First dates are hard for a red flag. It's hard for a red flag, right? Because you're just like, I know that this is not like your true authentic self, but I guess it's like maybe like an overall vibe. Like if I find that like I'm doing all of the talking or like the other person is like overpowering the conversation or just like kind of taking over. But even that, I'm just like, I understand that nervous. people are nervous on dates. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Like when you date, how do you get a date these days? Are you like on apps and stuff? Uh, Well, I used to be on the apps. Now I'm in a relationship, thankfully. But yeah. Do I know this person? You might. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 We'll talk about it later. So (laughs) yeah. So uh, okay. Um, When I did used to date, which was honestly not that long ago. So I do remember it was like... um, like the red flags were mostly because when you use the apps, it's like people usually just go on the apps for like one thing type of thing. So if like I'm on a date and, you know, I don't feel like you're kind of going the extra mile, then I'm just like, okay, I feel like this is more like if you're kind of doing the bare minimum, then I'm just like, okay, I see that you probably don't want anything serious out of this. Or you're just like not looking for what I'm looking for. Right. Or you yeah, don't appreciate hate- that. You don't appreciate this. Yeah, that's the thing. It's just like, I don't like that. And I also don't like if they can't talk to me about comedy, right? Like if they can't, and not talk to me about it, meaning like they know everything about it and the ins and outs, because obviously that would be hard to expect. But like, if you can't talk to me about something that I'm so interested in and is like, that I'm passionate about, then I don't see how this would, because I'm easy to talk to. Like, Telling someone you're a stand-up comedian on a date is like a big test as to the person how they react for sure. Yeah, for 100%. Sure. I, have you ever lied about that on dates before? 
Um, like it wouldn't be the first thing I'd say. Like I would also yeah. say, oh, I'm an actor and a voice actor and I do stand up. Like stand up comedy will come up because I think yeah. people get like, oh, are you going to tell a joke about this? Or mm -hmm. are you going to like say something about me? And I'm like, get over yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or when you're like, um, I always, I never, I never led with it at all. Like it was yeah. like, sometimes if they followed me on Instagram or something and they just like found out themselves, they'd ask me about it. But if I like mention it and they're just like, oh, okay. And then go back to like immediately talking about themselves. It's just like, okay, well, I don't. Yeah. going to go anywhere. Yeah. Oh my God. Cause they don't take it seriously. They think it's like, whatever. Yeah. They think it's whatever. I just feel like they picture like, uh, like most female acts from like the eighties of me just like jumping around in like big baggy pants and like a yeah. huge blazer with shoulder pads. Like, I don't know what they imagine in their head, but it's not like, they're like, oh, she's probably like loud or like, doesn't ever like doctor, you know, just says what she thinks all the time or something. It's like, no, like I'm a human being. Like I know yeah. how to act. <laughs> <laughs> Lies are always a red flag. Like I remember the third date with this that guy, and uh, it was it was uh, not planned because he called me, and I'm like, I'm walking. He's like, Oh, I'm driving on that street. Why don't I pick you up and we'll have dinner? And I'm like, Great. Right. And so he picks me up, and I kiss him on the lips. Okay. And I say, Do you do you smoke cigarettes? And he said, No. But I'm like. I used to smoke and I know what the fuck a cigarette tastes like, okay? <clears throat> and so in my head, I'm like, A, you're lying. I know this. B, I was going through a phase where I'm like, I had trust issues my whole life. So I wanted to use this opportunity to challenge my trust issues and be like, I'm just going to believe what he tells me. Yes. And, and not try to examine everything and like consume my mind with trying to like figure out mysteries of people. So I'm just going to like accept whatever he tells me. And you know what? No. Like even a lie early on is a big red flag. Even if it's, if it's about like shoes or a TV show, it's fucked up. Yeah. It's fucked up. Have you ever lied? On like a like, first date? On a first date, I, I don't think I would, like, I don't know if I lied about, like I've lied before with people I haven't met yet who wanted to go on dates and said, okay. Oh, I have plans, you know, Oh, I'm seeing my sister or I, I have something to do when I don't. Cause I just don't feel like it. Yeah. But um, I try not to, because I, I actually use it as a test. I'm like, I want to be completely honest with this person that way. If they like me, it's like, I know they like me and not because I presented this perfect person and they think, Oh my God, this is amazing. Right. Sometimes yeah. I will lie. Uh, just, for the sake of keeping the conversation going. Okay. Like if I'm like, oh, if I go this route, the conversation's gonna die and I don't, that's too awkward for me. Okay. So I'm just gonna fill the silence with like, the, like I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I visited there. Or like, if there's like, I've got family in Spain. I'm just like, I was there one year. What a lovely. <laughs> Aren't you afraid of like, what if you end up being with this person and they're like, let's go to Spain. And you're like, yeah I've never been and they're like what you know what right, I mean and I'm the sociopath and I have to like somehow carry out this lie lying is too much work honestly it it's like too much I gotta remember all this stuff I'm like can't do it so can I ask you then what like makes you feel really secure on a first date or what made you be like okay I think this is like gonna work out type of thing wait actually before you answer that I wanted to ask you about your so you said that you had like trust issues what yeah 
because I feel like I'm similar. So mm -hmm. I just wanted to know where those came from. Like, is that something that you were like taught growing up or yeah. like, was it just like other failed relationships or like what happened? I grew up in a very dramatic family and like things were always like canceled. And, you know, I, I remember having friends in elementary school who would also like ditch me. I've been ditched by friends in, you know, elementary school and high school. Um, I don't know what it is about my personality that says ditch me. It hasn't happened like lately in my life. There is nothing about your, your personality actually says I will be ditched by Phil if I don't keep up. I need to keep up or I feel is going to ditch me. <laughs> but like it hurt, like it hurt. I always have that feeling of like you're lying or you're not going to follow through on that or something's up. You're um, chatting with somebody else or you're, you don't really like me. I also have very low self-esteem. Yeah, same. So when people like tell me they like me, I don't always believe them. Okay, interesting. <laughs> I can relate to that. And I mean, it sucks because it does feel like self-sabotaging in a way. Because yeah. the whole time it's just like, what's wrong with this person? I'm trying to pick up on the red flags. And it's like, sometimes, yeah. Anyway, sometimes for me, it's more of a question of like, I have a hard time being in the moment and I'm constantly thinking about like what people are saying or like what they mean by that. And like, yes, I can be that way with like friends and family. And it's just kind of something that I, I don't know, need to like work on and learn to let go of, but my brain like just never stops questioning. Yeah. And it's usually because I don't want to be caught by surprise. I'm like, okay, well, if this person does something fucked up, at least I saw it coming or like saw the warning signs. So I'm not so thrown off. Right. Which is a really shitty way to live. But yeah, it is a shitty way. I did the same thing. It's like, I need to know before, you know, I need to figure this out myself. But it's like, sometimes when you try to figure out stuff too much, you actually create it. Yeah. Because you start treating that person as though they've already done it. And so they feel it and then just start treating you that way. Like inadvertently, you're telling people how to treat you, which is not well. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Right. Or like the bar is set super low. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this comedian, Daniel Sloss, do you know who Daniel Sloss is? No. He's like this um, Scottish comedian and he released a comedy special, two comedy specials. And on one of them, he was just saying that like, we accept the love we think we deserve. So if you think that you deserve like 10% love and someone comes over and gives you like 20% love, you're like, oh, this person loves me. They're amazing. Like they treat me so well when really it's only 20%. Mm -hmm. but if you think that you deserve like, you know, 100% and someone meets that, you're just like, oh, I feel really recognized. But I think that there's something, because it's just like, how do you know? You know what I mean? It's like somebody who loves themselves only 20% versus someone who loves themselves 100%. The person who loves themselves 20%, I don't think fully knows that they love themselves 20%. I know, it's hard. It's a hard how thing do you know? Say. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I know. Yeah. It's like, what is loving myself hundred percent? I don't know, going to the fucking spa on weekends or something, or like, I, I don't know. taking myself for a massage every now, like, I don't know what that. That feels like, or looks like. like. Yeah. <laughs> Just accepting that I have no flaws. It's like, I feel like that's sociopathic, you know, or accepting your flaws. Right. Or and maybe you, and loving them. them. Right. And loving them. Okay. Yeah. That's I'm not on board with that. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't already does not work for me. <laughs>
Was your, did you ever play sports as a kid? No, I wasn't allowed. Okay, you weren't allowed? I wasn't allowed. And that was my mom's doing because she was afraid I would get hurt. Like, I don't know why. She just became super protective of me. When I was born, like two months later, I got super sick with meningitis and almost died. Oh my God. Uh Uh-huh. And so like when she took me home, she just like shrouded me in this bubble of don't touch this kid. And so that happened. And then when I was... I think six years old, I got lost for a whole day in Atlantic City. Cause we used to go to the, we used to go to uh, the Jersey shore every summer. I know it's so Italian, but yeah. like we used to go to the same place every summer. And one, I think it was the second year we went, uh, my sister who was older than me, but the youngest of the three, I was with her and we were just like picking up crawfish and putting it in the pail. And I just got lost. It's so easy to get lost in the beach. And, um, my mom was devastated and like held it against my sister to like forever, forever. My, I don't talk to that sister. And I think this is one of the main reasons why it's because she like, doesn't want to deal with that, that memory. But um, my mom just got super protective. Like it was her job to make sure nothing ever happened to me. And so I didn't get to play sports until grade seven and eight when I joined the volleyball and basketball team. And then in high school, I didn't really, I joined, I was more of a student council geek. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because you just said something that kind of triggered a memory for me, which is like, cause I used to play soccer and my dad was always like super competitive about it. Yeah. And I just think it's so funny when parents like intervene and get like very competitive. Cause I don't think it's that way now, which is weird because it's like, it wasn't that long ago. Like it was like maybe 10 years ago. I was like 13, 14 and I was playing soccer and my dad was like very competitive. It was like, parents are not like that anymore. Like, I feel right. like if, if like people were like witness to like what my dad used to do on the soccer field, like he would like fight with the refs and like yell at the other parents and like yell at me while I was like playing soccer, like after a game, he was always very like, um, like if I didn't play well, like, and not that there's anything totally wrong with it, but he would just be like, are you going to go? Like I used to play competitive soccer. So I guess there was like more at stake. Yeah. Like always telling me that I should go play house league if I want to keep playing like that. And was like dissecting all of the things that went wrong. And like, I think that honestly, maybe you need a little bit of that. I don't know if that's like totally wrong to say, no, I, I do. I believe. Like, I mean, to an extent, like if it becomes like crazy out of line, then like absolutely not. But I think there's nothing wrong with instilling a little bit of like competitive nature. I think I had none of that, and I believe that it is necessary. Yeah. Even team, like working in a team, something <laughs> as basic as that. Yeah, it's like you need to contribute to this team. Yeah. Properly, because you guys move as one. I mean, that's not really how he pitched it to me. It was more like, if you don't start playing better, I'm going to stop paying for this for you. Yeah. But the message, I think, sticks, which is like, (laughs) this is a team effort. You need to, like, do your part. Otherwise. Yeah, I'm not investing in Yeah. Yeah. So when do you think is, like, are you good at it? Like, have you ever had to address, like, if someone was being, like, rude to you or whatever? And by the way, yeah, I hate passive aggressive people. I hate it so much. It's like, why don't you just be an adult and own up to like that, how you're feeling and just tell me how you're feeling. Yeah. Instead of making these weird, like micro aggressive things that are just going to piss you off even more and just make the whole situation worse. I don't get it. 
in those situations, I always do this quick balance check. And it's like, I need to know if they're worth it, worth the conflict. Yeah. If they're not, then I'll just adjust my behavior with them next time I see them. Yeah. Accordingly. I think all comedians, I think most comedians though, are like hypersensitive people like that. Totally. We're very spatially aware and like, and pick up on like the subtleties of like body language and like facial expressions, like very, very quickly. Yes. Like being sensitive is one thing, but also making assumptions is another thing because I have also been told after people get to know me, they're like, Oh, when I first met you, I kind of thought you were an asshole because I'm like, I have a bit of a, like a stern face, like stern features. And sometimes my happiness doesn't (laughs) come through and I have like a look of, consternation I hate that I hate hearing that because yeah. the thing is is like like if somebody came up to me and they were just like when I first met you I didn't like you I don't know why but I immediately lose respect for that person because it's like I just feel like everyone should like if you're an adult functioning in society I just believe that you shouldn't have like like you should be able to like see through that and be like, oh, I'm just making assumptions about this person. Let me go up to them and have a conversation. Yeah. It's just like, you're someone who like, I just, I don't know. I just don't like that. And like, there's nothing like to fault them for, but it's like, when I hear that, like, even if we become friends or like, if they're like, or if we're at like a dinner party and they're just like, hey, wow, you're like, you're friendly. And like, when I first saw you, like, I didn't think you would be that friendly. It just makes me lose respect for you. Like, I don't know why. Yeah. Because you make such quick judgments. You're like, why would you judge me so quickly? Right, exactly. And it's like, I don't think that we could ever get along because you're someone who makes like snap judgments like that. Yes. For sure. 100%. Yeah. But I'm always so fascinated by comedians and being like empathic because I mean, I don't know if we're all empathic, but I do think that there is at least a higher sense of awareness. Like I think we understand how like we're perceived yeah and are like really good at perceiving like other people because like when you're on stage and you're doing crowd work it's like you just know you just you already know who is going to want to talk to you and who isn't you already know based on how people are sitting how they're talking how that interaction is going to go you're constantly weighing out if like in like even though like words are coming out of our mouths like we're still thinking about like if there's a chatty table okay how i'm gonna how am i gonna approach this who am i gonna talk to i'm gonna talk to the leader of the table i mean yeah like we're constantly weighing out like the possibilities of how totally and i think some of that is maybe attributed to like how we all come from like traumatic backgrounds or something it's like a survival skill really like if you're constantly thinking about like how someone is gonna like react to you like if you're constantly measuring how interactions are gonna go i do think that's like something has happened at some point in your life. (laughs) Totally. Oh my gosh. Making calculations and predictions about like, if I say this, it's going to turn out like this. And yeah, that's insane. Have you ever gotten your palms read? I think I did once. Do you think that like tarot card and stuff is bullshit? Or do you believe in that stuff? Like most of me believes that it's random. Like you just shuffled the card and you're trying to tell me my future is based on this. It's yeah. kind of like weird. Yeah. I do believe in like energy people. And so when you see a neon sign that says psychic, I don't discount it immediately. Okay. But like things like tarot cards and palm reading, I'm not sure. I don't think I believe in that very much. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. How about you? I'm just kind of interested in learning like the psychology behind why we believe certain things. Like I just think that people who read palms 
are truly just like also empathic people Mm -hmm. and like they've been doing it for long enough that like they know certain trigger words and like if they say something that gets like a certain rise out of you or like they see that your body language has changed they continue with it or discontinue and try another route like I do think that there is uh like a science behind what they do I don't think it's I think it's uh you know, I don't know, like when people say that, like, oh, they named my grandfather, like they said his name and they would have never known, like, that's kind of interesting, but. That is uh, very interesting. Like stuff like that, I believe, but that's not on your palm, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's because they're psychic or something. That's because they're psychic. I'm like, okay. Um, Thank you so much for doing this. You're welcome. Thanks for asking me. It was so nice chatting with you. I'm going to stop the podcast now. I'm sorry for everyone listening, but I'm going to name names. Yay! Bye, everybody. We're going to, yeah. (laughs) It's going to get dramatic right now. Okay. (laughs)